Hello everybody and welcome to the 110th edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And these right here are the Chronicles of MC Lars and Schaefer the Dark Lord. It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and joining me as always, as always, this handsome fella right here. It's Scotsman Tom, it picked that these, it was beautiful. And welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast. Hit it! Hey there, you're about to enjoy the Chronicles of Tom and Jamie. Hi everyone, I'm Kevin Matten. Hey guys, my name's Annabelle Knight. Hello, this is Becky Baldwin. Hello, I'm Chesney. Hey, what's up everyone? This is Brayden from Say We Can Fly. One of the only legitimate careers that's also an insult. Mum, why do you ask me these questions? It's so weird. You are such a financial support worker. It's ridiculous. This week, we are joined by MC Lars and Schaefer the Dark Lord. These kings of nerdcore rap have been collaborating on individual tracks since like 2008, but now Schaefer and Lars have decided to release an album together with a dark twist. 999 is an upcoming concept album. They've they've sort of gone into the delving into the dark side of Disney of all things, giving us tracks inspired by things like the Haunted Mansion, the Black Cauldron, the Sorcerer's Apprentice, the Nightmare Before Christmas, and so much more. This is absolutely phenomenal. And this album concept is also phenomenal. <laughs> no, absolutely. And it's definitely something different to what we normally do. Yes. Uh, um, so it's not your average Chronicles interview. It, well, it still is. It still is. How we, but it's not a, a way back and build up. It's literally all about this new album that they're bringing out uh, fairly shortly. So, yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. From what we've heard so far... Uh, it's it's great, and I implore you to go and listen to No Windows, No Doors, as that's the single they've released so far. Uh, that's on Spotify, available on Spotify, wherever you get your music from. Uh, it's absolutely amazing. So I highly recommend. And this conversation is spectacular. Absolutely is. Like Tom was just saying there, the guys were lovely enough to send us five tracks just to check out what the, the album's going to sound like. And, oh, mwah, superb. It is so good. I've been a fan of mc Lars for quite some time so i was so happy to finally get him on the show and i need to go listen to more Schaefer in the dark lord now more and this is amazing thank you so much gents for joining us you're gonna love this one guys absolutely but i would say jamie do you have any final words but i don't think i need to as you've already expressed said final words so ladies and gentlemen here we go Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's MC Lars and Schaefer, the Dark Lord. Da! Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you two very special guests who have come together to release a new EP called 999, a nerd rap record all about the dark side of Disney. Boys and girls, step into the eerie world of the Mouse's House as we bring you the Chronicles of Schaefer the Dark Lord and MC Lars. Thank you. That was an excellent introduction. I love it. Thank you. 
Um, I'm going to get a little serious very, very quickly, and then we can get into the fun shit. I just want to know how the past couple of years have been for you guys with the pandemic and everything, obviously, with the world being shut down and music not being a thing. Um, so how was that for you guys? Uh, it was rough at first, but I feel like we kind of benefited from teaming up and being on the like kind of vanguard of of remote entertainment. Everybody started doing like everybody had started the, their Twitch accounts and everybody started doing live streaming concerts. And we teamed up and with our our friends uh, front a lot and Megaran, and we did some pretty ambitious live streaming shows on a monthly basis. Um, and uh, I feel I feel like we kind of. It was rough. It was rough not being in front of human beings for a couple of years, but um, I feel like we definitely made a whole lot of lemonade out of those lemons. And I'm <laughs> I'm pretty, I feel like I wouldn't have been quite as successful as getting it through it on my own if I hadn't had like this crew of friends doing it together. And I feel, I feel like we did all right. Yeah, I mean, it's fortunate to have such loyal fans. You know, we were never cool. So we were never uncool. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, <laughs> so that's cool like people keep supporting us and we kind of stayed at this level and like i feel like a lot of artists who were getting started before covid and kind of threw a, a wrench in their plans and it was hard to keep the momentum but if we just kind of kept doing our thing and you know um once we got back on tour it was so cool because people were ready to see us and yeah it's hard to believe that it's been two years ago we did our tour like our victory tour when we thought everything was back to normal and um, it was a great tour, but we were masked up and terrified the whole time. <laughs> oh, no way. But it, it's it's weird how the music is like we interviewed a band the other day and they released their first single. And then about two days later, they were like, lockdown. I'm like, son of a bitch. Like, we can't even go promote this because we just released it. Well, I think Lars and yeah. I were also really lucky in that regard because we had done a tour in February of 2020 and we got home a week or two before everything locked down. So Ooh. we we just made, I know people that were on the road that had to cancel shows and go home. And we had we just got home and it just like, I hadn't even fully unpacked before it was like, hey, you have to shelter in place before we all learned that phrase. Um, and that was also kind of great because it was on that trip. The last thing we did as our victory lap on that tour before we flew back home was we, some fans took us to Disney World in Orlando and Lars had been many times as a kid. I'd never ever been in my life. And so we went on a bunch of rides, including the Haunted Mansion. And I feel like that last moment in the real world before COVID hit is planted the seed for this record that we made all these years later. That was amazing. But before we get into the new EP, just, just take us back a little bit, because this isn't the first time you guys have worked together. You've been doing collaboration since like 2008. Is that correct? Um. Yeah, at, at least 2008. Yeah. Yeah, good job, Jamie. Good research. That's pretty tight. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we met, we met because I'd heard Schaefer on the internet, and he opened for Frontlot and me at a show in Boston. Even though he was living in New York, he came to Boston for some reason. We thought he lived there, so he came up on the bus and helped us load in. And he was real cool, and we just became friends. But Schaefer, how did you get involved in Nerdcore? Because it's not something you set up to be part of, right? No, I, I, I had, I had been touring independently, very modestly as an independent rapper for a couple of years. But I, before I'd heard the the word nerdcore, and I was doing like all of my stuff was about Satan and heavy metal bands, and uh, it's because I had been a drummer in metal bands before, and so I, I was just 
kind of using all of this imagery of skeletons and you know gargoyles and stuff but i was using it in, in rap songs and at some point this message board for the in the early days of nerdcore just they they found me and invited me to come play some festival in orlando they they were they basically just said like you you're one of us now you are you which i always just assumed it's because i look like this they were like all right yeah you're gonna be you're one of us now so <laughs> that's how that's how i got i mean lars you were also doing stuff before you heard this this phrase yeah and you know england was where i got my start because i was studying there and then thankfully like bowling for soup and simple plan all these bands brought me to open for them because it was such a weird novelty to be rapping with a laptop in 2004 and uh and so but then the nerdcore thing was just kind of a press thing that came about because this guy mc front a lot kind of popularized the term and we all kind of became friends because like pandora and early web to social media all linked our, our fan bases together and we weren't yeah it was just kind of happened and so here we are so that's how Schaefer and I and I worked with Schaefer a lot because he's the one of the least dysfunctional of the people in the group just kidding just kidding they're all wonderful <laughs> but Schaefer's very easy to work with which I love they're all thank wonderful. you thank you I appreciate that Lars <laughs> So correct me if I'm wrong, I know you're saying this, you've been working together since like 2005, but is this the first like full EP record you guys have done together? We've done a whole project together. Yeah, uh, I guess of new stuff, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Yeah. We, on our 2020 tour, we, we, we pressed a few, uh, we, we, we remastered an album of just like all of our collaborations over the years, but this is the first time doing a, a full album together. And also it's not an EP, that's a full length. I, I never know what's the difference between an EP and like what what is the barrier like what 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 number oh, of songs is it I never know that's what. that's a hell of a question and nobody knows the answer no I think at you least like ten eight? makes um, I think ten makes it a full length you think eight makes it a full length Lars well Spotify if you do eight they call it an album if you do seven it's a single or EP oh, just okay. defaults well we get to make up our own rules we're not, we've we've given enough to Spotify. How about it's a it's a double EP? How's that? <laughs> like it. I like it. I like that. <laughs> I was gonna say I, I don't think Spotify has any right to give musicians rules these days. So no, no. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but whose idea was it then to get together and be like, let's let, let's do like a full project together? That was well, Lars's idea. Yeah, because like that's a really interesting question, Jamie, because I wanted to do an album about the only about Disney's Haunted Mansion. And I was like, I can't pull this off on my own. This is ridiculous. This is too much. So I was like, maybe Schaefer, I remember I was in LA and I called you. I was like, what if we did this record about the Haunted Mansion? And Schaefer was like, okay, if you can find enough lore, we can we can try to do it. Then I was talking to our friend Megaran about this. I don't know if I told you this, Mark. We, he was at the he was, it was at the show, I forget the, he was playing in Brooklyn and I was like, we're working on this Haunted Mansion record. And Raheem was like, you shouldn't just do Haunted Mansion. You should do all dark themes in Disney. He said, people will like that more and it will be a lot easier. And so I was like, (laughs) okay, that's what happened. So it was kind of step after step. He was opening for Slum Village. That was it. And we were just talking about it. And uh, yeah. And then we just started writing. We made like a spreadsheet with all our ideas. And at one point we were like, wait, can we do Star Wars? Can we do Muppets? Like what Disney stuff <laughs> is that we had to figure out what of the Disney property we could focus on. We kind of decided to focus just basically on mainly the animation, I guess, Schaefer, but some others, there's some other stuff too, like Mr. Yeah. Boogity. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's definitely some weird stuff, but I, I feel like we kind of kept it um, 
pretty classic. We have a we have a song on it that uh called Rated G for Trauma that lists um I I'd asked a number of people to just tell me like what's the most traumatic thing you remember in a Disney movie as a kid. And so I gather up a, a, a bunch of those because most of my reference points of that were very old and I had like seen a lot of like newer Disney movies as an adult but they didn't traumatize me. And so we we gathered up a bunch of those and so I felt like that we got to list a ton of we get to reference a ton of Disney properties. And then with the rest of the songs, we get to kind of like really focus on specific things. And a lot of those, yeah, we, we steered clear of things like Marvel and Star Wars, even though they're owned by Disney now. But I feel like a lot of our songs are based on like classics. Um, and in some cases, like, yeah, in most cases, classic animation. But then sometimes it takes a weird detour and we have like a song about Mr. Boogity, which was this made for TV horror short it's like 80 minutes long i don't i don't know if that was made in like the 80s that's got the dad from license to drive in it i don't know it's weird uh but yeah we wrote a song about that it's on disney plus so hopefully then that means that people can go and watch it and uh, <laughs> get the reference because i hadn't seen it before i just that was gonna... a suggestion of our producer oh yeah 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 go ahead i was just gonna say it's gonna be the weirdest market research ever tell me what terrified you about disney as a child <laughs> yeah yeah i asked i had talked to so many people and then and i i'm glad i did because if i'd been left to my own devices i you know we would have run out of material uh but because there are so many movies that i saw that i didn't realize had uh traumatized kids like i didn't realize how upset millennials were when the bad guy in the princess and the frog steps on the firefly, I didn't realize that that was as traumatizing as it was. And then once somebody would give me that nugget, I'd go, you know, to Reddit and watch people process their childhoods over certain terrifying scenes in Disney movies and was like, Oh yeah, that was pretty bad for kids. So yeah, put it in the song, put it in the song. Put it in the song. <laughs> so, so with, with how broad Disney is, like it must've been so difficult to narrow it down and go, what should we focus on? Because obviously they own the world now, I think, don't they? Near enough. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like it was interesting because it's like Shaper and I. Well, I guess Shaper, you're like younger Gen X, and I'm like older millennial, right? We're kind of mm -hmm. like, but we have the same references of like '80s and '90s Disney pop culture. So a lot of it focuses on that. Like, there's Roger Rabbit. There's a um, a Figment and Dreamfinder, which were like the Epcot people, like Epcot mascots from back in the day. We were like, what do we specifically remember? So a lot of it is nostalgia based. Like that's kind of our era, I guess. I'm trying to think like Nightmare Before Christmas is probably the newest thing we wrote about. But we say it's like, it's like first generation Disney to then. And then basically the animation. And then like, who's who, like kind of the lesser known villains or darker characters, dark, like more evil characters, like, the weasels from Roger Rabbit have a cipher. The um, Nightmare Before Christmas, Schaefer had this really cool idea to tell a story from the mayor, who's like the two-faced politician, which Ooh. is like, which I really think turned out great. <laughs> I love that song. <laughs> so stuff like that. Yeah, we we play we play the two the he's he's more of the public-facing politician side, and then we hear we are like this gear turn several times throughout the song, and then I'm like what the mayor says to his actual staff of aides behind closed doors and. Uh, so we kind of played the type because he's like, oh, he's he's he was very much out there shaking hands and kissing babies, and I'm very much doing terrible things backstage. Oh, I like that. I, I love the Nightmare Before Christmas, and that I cannot. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to hear that. that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, it's but, a it's a it's a fun track. 
Were there any projects that you wanted to make a song about, but you just couldn't make work? You couldn't think of like a way to put it together? I did. I had one. I really wanted to. I wanted to do a song about the the black hole, which was the um, live action science fiction movie that Disney made as a response to all the Star Wars fandom in the late 70s, early 80s, because uh, it's weird. It's so weird. And like most old Disney's, it's got just a absolutely convoluted narrative that doesn't really make sense. But then it gets it takes a crazy turn and gets really kind of dark and brutal in the last act. Uh, but I just I just couldn't make it work. I, I tried and tried and tried to come up with something for it, and I just couldn't do it. I, I just my... and... Oh, yeah. Sorry. Oh, wait, what were, you say? what were you going to say, Jamie? No, 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 carry on, sir. Carry on. Oh, I was going to say, there were two things I wanted to write about, but they fell too outside of the, like, Disney IP brand that wasn't Disney enough. Like, I wanted to do a song about the original Star Tours ride that where the where P- P- Paul Rubens, rest in peace, is the voice of the robot. It goes on this crazy, like... It's just chaos. And I wanted to write a song from the lawyer's perspective, trying to defend all the all the legal repercussions of like <laughs> this ship that went that went crazy, which was inspired by Schaefer has this really great song with Friend a lot where they're Tom and Jerry's lawyers in court. So like that inspired me. I wanted to do something like that. But we we're like, we can't do Star Wars. Maybe we'll do a Star Wars album one day and do that. Um, the other one I wanted to do was uh the Muppets Christmas Carol. Or oh, yeah. the Disney Christmas Carol, the story of losing Tiny Tim. It's just like what it's like to lose a child. The darkness of losing a child and having Christmas with the empty chair. And as a father, you know, I have, I have a three-year-old now. It's like how sad that would be. But it was too, that was too heavy. I couldn't write that song. It yeah. was too dark. You know? <laughs> like Tiny Tim. Yeah, the story of like Tiny Tim's empty chair. <laughs> so sad anyway <laughs> there's a man sat right there whose name is Schaefer the Dark Lord even he's like no that's too fucking dark for me yeah, like, but... no. <laughs> I don't want to talk about child death on a rap record we're trying to have some fun here we'll, we'll keep it all we'll keep it all to like childhood trauma and drug addiction and uh oh and losing a lifelong friend there's some still some pretty dark themes on the album but yeah that one would have been a pretty pretty gnarly <laughs> just wondering though when you're, you're writing about projects because obviously you don't own any of these projects it's it's disney you know and especially when it comes to the mouse were there any certain things you have to avoid things you can't say or anything like you've got to be careful of when you're writing songs like this we we had a guest i won't name him he was like a popular gen one youtuber who's a musician and he didn't we invited him to do a vocal but he does a lot of vocal work for Disney. So he's like, yeah, I can't, I can't be on this, on this album because you guys are kind of like taking, to, just kind of disparaging this intellectual property. I see it as like fan fandom tribute yeah. art, but like having said that our Haunted Mansion song was demonetized because there's too much content from the movie on YouTube. So I don't know. I don't think they'd come after us. It would be a bad look, but it would be a good press angle. If they did, um, but yeah, I don't know. If they, for... I don't know if there's anything that we can't like couldn't say. I, there's, I, I think it's just it's physical IP. It's 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 sounds and images, and we didn't sample any Disney movies. We didn't we didn't lift any Disney music. Um, we're not using any stills or artwork from Disney for the promotional materials. Well, maybe 
No, uh, we're like we, we're not we're not copying anything. We had like artists do fandom. Yeah, yeah. There's there's yeah. There's no we're not using any like Disney images like on our album cover or anything. So I think in that case we can get away with it. I think we can kind of say whatever we want. Um, but again, I think they'd be pretty silly to go after small potatoes like us with their giant empire of money. I mean, people would check for the record if that happened, right? People, it's like when Danger Mouse did the Beatles, Jay Z. Oh yeah, thing. yeah. <laughs> but that's a good question because, like, historically, Disney's been like very um, supportive of fan art, right? Because mm. there's yeah, but that's a good question. Famous last words, right? Oh, we're <laughs> fine. <laughs> And that was hard. It was hard too, because like in a lot of these songs, we, I, I specifically, you know, cause we were working remotely. Um, I, you know, all summer I was watching so much Disney plus and digging deep and, and watching so many old films and watching them over and over. And, you know, like just sketching out like story beats that I would want to use in these songs. Um, it's really hard. You get to that point where like that music from some of the, so much of that music is so iconic and it's so, connected to this story that you're trying to retell it was really hard to like not want to sample that music or create music that sounded like something that was reminiscent of it i feel like we did a pretty good job of staying away from that but god damn it that was hard i could i could imagine yeah you hear something you're like oh that would sound great in the song sometimes oh bollocks i don't own it fucking yes <laughs> it was there was i i did a, i did a lot of like yes punching things and saying fucking mouse <laughs> I mean, lyrically, um, how how do you even structure your songs? Because obviously, it's all original. It's like you've only taken bits and pieces, obviously, from them, from what you've said, and then turn it into your own. So, like, how would you actually structure your songs? Because I think from um, Tink of the Fay, I absolutely loved her second name's Abel, first name Tink. Yeah. Just really fucking made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but like, how do you actually structure your songs? Like, I just like. We'll do a chorus and build outwards, or is it here's a, or is it just like slapdash, whatever comes to mind? It's kind of it's kind of different, like song by song. Uh, there's there's always um, a different. I feel like all of these songs specifically had a very a very different approach to them in, in how we would write them. Um, we would do a lot of kind of like one of us would kind of maybe lay out the song and then send those the, that like outline to the other one and say like I'm thinking we do this here and here and here, um, but. And I think it was it was tricky because we were trying to write narrative songs that weren't like we didn't want to write a bunch of songs. It was just like, here's a bunch of list of details. Here's like here's a song about a movie you like. Well, here are all the names of all the characters and all the places that just felt kind of lazy and a little a little wiki rappy for us. So we tried to write stories like within these universes. So that made it kind of trickier to like whoever was kind of it would take the take the helm of the ship for each song might like kind of struck like sketch out uh, an outline of a song and send it to the other one and then get ideas from them. I and mean, we, and we tried to yeah. never just, none of these songs that are about these particular properties are ever just the story of that movie. We zoom in on some small detail and like focus on that element of the story to tell a different story. Like, like the idea of like the Black Cauldron song, which is this famous Disney movie that like lost them a lot of money and they kind of tried to forget. We, that's based on the Chronicles of Perdane, which is like a Welsh Lord of the Rings, which is awesome by this guy, Lord, Lloyd Alexander. And during COVID, I read all the books, you know, and um, cause we were in lockdown. It's like 
it's like seven books. They're all really, really long, but the movie only focuses on the second book. So it's like, okay, well, what happens when the finale of the movie, the characters have to deal with the death of an important character and how does this change their interactions and how would they feel? So that was an example of like going, going really micro, but digging really deep into the other universe. And Schaefer would get these long emails from me explaining all the lore of stuff. And I sent him this meme of this, the guy cracking his fingers open when he started to, he's like, when Lars says we need email. So it was, it was just like, yeah, how can we, and then how can we put some of ourselves into it? And each song on this record mm. is like, like, what, what does it mean to confront the idea of that we're all mortal? And when you're a child, you feel like you live forever, right? But Disney is the first instance of seeing what death is like. Like Schaefer has a great lyric about Bambi's mother dying. How And you, I know that was like really hard, traumatizing and like what it's like to confront death again as a middle-aged rapper, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> kind of the theme. So yeah, long answer. <laughs> I was going to say, though, like bouncing off what Tom's just said there, you're both very established songwriters and musicians in your own right. So how did you go about doing the songwriting process for this? Did you just both write songs and go, let's do these? This is the best of the bunch? Or was there a process to it? Uh, yeah, it, it, it changed so much. Um, I feel like we kind of learned, like, we've definitely over the, the many years of our relationship, we have. I've done more collaborative tracks with Lars than I have anybody else. I've played more shows. I've done more touring with him than anybody else. Like we know how to make things work together as, as a pair of collaborators. Um, so this was just the first time doing it on a, on a full length scale. And I feel like we just kind of figured it out as we went along and yeah, sometimes somebody would have an idea and send it to the other one and say like, I've written like a chorus for this. What do you think? How would you break up our parts for this? Um, but, but they were all very different. They were all very kind of different ways than I'm used to collaborating with somebody. Usually if I'm, if I'm bringing in a guest or I'm a guest on somebody else, the, the, the guest gets a finished version of the song with like a space where your parts go. And we did not write this that way. This was, this was a lot more of, of us talking through very long emails with lots of knuckle cracking uh, gifts uh, <laughs> <laughs> and figuring out how to do it. And I feel like, I already knew that we worked well together, but I feel like this this whole process really underscored that for me. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. So <laughs> hey, it's like you guys hosting a really popular, wonderful podcast. Your energy is like you have to trust each other, right? But yeah, <laughs> I, get, I get exactly what you're saying. But so far, you've released No Windows, No Doors about the Haunted Mansion. What's the feedback been like for that song so far? I would say people like it because it kind of has like a Bauhaus, Susie and the Banshees, uh, goth vibe, and people weren't expecting it. So it's it's very different from anything either of us mm. have done. It, um, yeah, people seem to like this song. What do you think, Schaefer? Or did anyone hate it? <laughs> I, I, I've, I've only heard positive feedback about it. And I thought that that was, it was a great one to drop because, of, again, our original concept started <laughs> with this crazy idea of trying to write an album's worth of material about a theme park ride and then got a little broader because we realized how difficult <laughs> that was going to be. Uh, I thought that that song is, it was a great uh, kind of entry point for the album to, to drop. And I feel like it got a very good response. And I love that the like eighties goth synth vibe of it. Um, there's a lot of, yeah. uh, that's another thing that's, that's fun about this album is there are a lot of different musical styles all over it. Like any, these instrumentals, um, 
could all have come from different albums. And I think that that's great for keeping keeping the mood uh, and the tone changing pretty quickly from track to track. Uh, forgive me. I know you, you congratulated me on my research skills earlier, but I couldn't <laughs> find a release date for this thing anywhere. <laughs> so have I been, just been terrible and ruined my reputation or is it not been announced yet? We, we, we keep pushing it back because like we keep wanting to, the stuff you've heard is like that stuff's done, but the rest of the record, we, we keep tweaking a little bit. Um, I think December probably, but I don't know. We're going to put out the singles, maybe January. Either way, they'll be out pro- in the next few months. So yeah, yeah, that's a good question though. At the very um, least, you can expect some songs to start trickling out as singles this month? Maybe. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. I was worried that I might have said too much. <laughs> um, just going back to when you mentioned about the uh, every song sounds different. Like I, I found that with with the, with the tracks obviously that you sent over is just like they're all so different and so great. I was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that to come in there. Do you know what I mean? It was absolutely wonderful. Like it just it's just fresh every time. So it's not the same thing the whole way through. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. Um, no windows, no doors was Thanks. one of my favorites on there, and uh, rated G for trauma was also one of my favorites on there as well. <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at the very beginning of just you know, like 52 minutes in, Bambi's mum dies, and 30 minutes in, Mustafa dies, and that sort of thing. I was just, it was just, <laughs> I was like, why am I laughing at this? This is this is hell. This is like kid, like trauma when we were kids. So, like, what the fuck am I laughing at it for? It was great, yeah, because now you're an adult and mortality becomes so much more real. So, it's fun to laugh at these things when they're when the <laughs> this historic traumatizing studio it's what to laugh at it now and laugh at like how these ideas of of death were like these these ideas of death were 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 exposed to us at such a young age so frequently and so early into the plot lines that now as an adult you're finding it funny it's and i feel like you're doing a little bit of whistling past the cemetery because (laughs) you know it's coming for you you say that that was always made me laugh about Disney. It was like, let's get the traumatic shit done at the start. Like, mom, like Nemo's mom and all of his brothers and sisters, they're fucking eaten within the first two seconds. But the rest, let's go swimming. Like, yeah. <laughs> let's, let's before get that the credits, before that you see the words finding Nemo, he is orphaned brutally. <laughs> it's fucking brutal. <laughs> what what songs on are, are you guys personally like really excited for people to hear? I I really like the Black Cauldron song a lot, and the Weasel Cipher. We have the Roger Rabbit song that has all these different guest rappers. Each one's a different weasel going after a different famous Disney character. That's fun because like in Nerdcore, there's the whole trope of like you get a bunch of rappers on a long song about some specific fandom. And I'm, I, I love Roger Rabbit. So I made a Roger Rabbit album for the 30th anniversary. And like, I did a, another Roger Rabbit song with Schaefer on that record. So it's like, that's the song I'm excited for everyone to hear because there's a whole new generation of the YouTube nerdcore rappers who are really talented and successful. And it's like the new generation, this guy, JT Music and Stupendium and uh, our friend MC Snacks from, he's a Canadian rapper. So that song I'm very excited for people to hear because it's really aggressive and tight. But what about you, Schaefer? Uh, I, I think my my favorite song, and it was not in that early batch that you got, uh, it's a song uh, called Pleasure Island, 
which takes place in the Pinocchio universe. And I don't know when the last time was you saw Pinocchio, but there's this little side quest story in the middle of it where the the villains meet a, a worse villain who has runs this operation where he kidnaps little boys off the streets of London. And then they take them to an island where they let them just like drink and fight and smash shit, and smoke cigars and get into all kinds of trouble. And then with no explanation, they turn into donkeys and then they're sold off as livestock. This happens in the middle of Pinocchio. This has nothing to do with the puppet has nothing to, well, I mean, the puppet's there, but it's like, it's just this kind of crazy dark, like child trafficking allegory that happens in the middle of this 1940s animated feature. Um, and so we have a song just about that. It's not about, it's not about Pinocchio. It's not about Geppetto. It's just about this, the lore of this terrible Island. And it's done in the style of like a pirate sea shanty. Um, oh, and I think, God. and I think that that's my, that's my favorite song right now. That one and the song about figment and Dreamfinder. I, I like all of them. I don't know. I could not wait because even as, even as a child, that scene, I'd just be like, what the fuck is happening right now? And they like, just turn into donkeys. You're a child and you have to make sense of that. Keep moving. Well, and there's that really sad moment. So it still like makes me feel emotional now. The kid who's almost a donkey who wants his mommy. And he's like, I'm sorry, I want my mommy. They're like, too late. That's so sad because he's still yeah. a little boy. But oh, God. So the process sad. didn't so take sad. with him. <laughs> so sad. The corpor- It's like, what is the, f- it's like a theme in a lot of the 19th century romantic literary monster fiction writers and like Frankenstein, this idea of like, and Dracula and Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, what's the line between our humanity and our monstrosity? And how does that line become blurred? And that line is a lot more permeable than most people would think. That's like a theme through this record, which is also the theme of like Moby Dick, the idea that like, we're mortal, but we're also what's scarier than us being mortal is that we are the demons that we fear more than we think we are. Ooh. Scary. <laughs> oh, that was deep. You nailed it. I like that. Oh, that I'm gonna start crying. <laughs> Thank you. It's, like, it's almost midnight over here. That's it's t- too late for something that deep. Fucking hell. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but no. But I'm, I'm genuinely I, from the the samples you sent us earlier, which very very grateful for you sending them over. I'm so excited to hear this record. I really cannot wait. Before we start wrapping this up, though, obviously, you guys are musicians on your own. Lars, you've just released a single yourself called Plastic Jedi, a song about Lego Star Wars, <laughs> of all things. Like, what a great idea for a song, that is. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and, uh, is there anything else you've got coming up on the way, or is it all focused on this project at the moment? This is... This is where all my energy is right now, but I'm doing an album about the Odyssey and the Iliad with my friend Cowboy Coder, who's like a punk rock folk musician guy from Texas who knows a lot about coding. So we're working on this, yeah, our Homer, our Homer Odyssey record, which should probably come out in like it in like the spring. So that, but in the meantime, this this is all I'm working on, excited about. Um, what about you, Mark? Uh, I, back in 2018, I did a collaborative album with a producer friend of mine in Baltimore. His name is Vince Vandal. And we had a bunch of guests and we worked together a lot. So we didn't want to just say we were doing an album that was Shape of the Dark Lord produced by Vince Vandal. So we gave ourselves a group name and we released an album under the name, The Department of Darkness. And, uh, we're, that's the next project. We're working on a new Department of Darkness record, which means I'm going to shift from these traumatizing animated raps 
into some very angry political raps because oh. that seems to be mostly the theme of the Department of Darkness. So that's that's my next project, and I'm going to probably start working on that right away. <laughs> <laughs> would you um, would you ever tour this uh, this new record when it comes out? Because I reckon you could do all sorts of wonderful shit, right? Story based on stage whilst also rapping the songs as well. So is there anything we could talk about there at all? Oh, no. well, I think we're trying to see if we could do some shows in the coming year. We've been talking about it. So mm-hmm. yes, there will be a tour around this. Um, whether we'll get to England, I don't know. We'd love uh-huh. to get back there. But that would be on. cool. <laughs> David did his first, his first UK tour last year, right? Yeah. Like, yep. So people people loved it. So yeah, we'll see. We'll keep you posted. You'll be the first to hear. But we yes. are taking shows oh. around this. I really hope. I, I was introduced to you last week when you toured over here like 10, 12 years ago now when you toured with Wheatus. That was when oh, I was cool. introduced to you. So to get, see you guys over here again would be, make me a very happy man. So yeah, please. Thanks, Jamie. You're a sweet person. I do appreciate that, sir. But before we let you get out of here, guys, any plugs, social medias, Patreons, I saw you're both on Patreon. Any, anywhere people can find you in the world let us know. Um, yeah, if you just go to shapeofthedarklord.com, my website is basically just a link, just a collection of links to all my social media, but, uh, and, and Patreon, et cetera. But I, I grind pretty hard on Patreon all the time. So I strongly recommend checking it out as there is a ton of con new content there every month. Same mclarge.com you'll get all the links and uh <laughs> yeah and this record and this record will be out early next year for those of you who, who haven't heard it who aren't as lucky as jamie and tom and shout out to our kickstarter supporters who made this record possible thank yes. you i did want to mention that i was being i was quite conscious of time but yeah <laughs> I, you got some incredible backing on kickstarter so fair tip of the hat to the guys that helped you on that as well yeah thank you kickstarter friends we yeah, love you have done it without you incredible guys best of luck to you and again thanks so much for coming on means the world and i cannot wait to hear this record awesome thank thanks, you guys. so much for having us great interview not at all you guys are cool. all the best no oh, thank you so much right back at you Lars. right back at you. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys Come soon on. thanks guys take it easy see you later bye. 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 what a just incredible conversation like this album is going to be incredible and i cannot wait for it to come out like as Mr. Stevens said, that it's a bit different before, and it's a bit different than we normally do. We're literally just talking about the record, but yeah, great conversation, and I hope we can get these both these guys back on and hear their stories. A hundred percent, it was great, and it was just so much fun. And like I'd never heard of Nerdcore before. I'd you know, it's my first taste, my first experience, uh, and it was absolutely unbelievable. So, like you said, I'm going to also go back myself and check out more of it because I thoroughly enjoyed, and it's a very niche. Like it's a very clever concept in my opinion as well, because I don't think anybody has actually delved into the darker side uh, of Disney. So I think this is going to be uh, a raging success and I wish you guys all the best with the album when it does come out and hopefully you'll tour it and hopefully in the UK and that'll be absolutely unbelievable. But uh, Lars and Schaefer, thank you so much for taking the time out of your insanely busy schedules to sit and chat to us. Uh, it was absolutely amazing and I thoroughly enjoyed. And more, more importantly... I hope you all enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. Jane, right, I've got something that's going to absolutely blow your mind, but also make you really fucking livid, okay? Okay. Because talk about being late to the party, all right? So 
Aldi is opening the UK's first ever bottomless pigs in blankets restaurant. Wait, who did right? what? What what now? Where you can literally eat as many pigs in blankets as you want. Oh. Okay. So that's what's gonna blow your mind. I need to go. I'll there. get and at the end, I'll explain as to why you'd be absolutely fucking livid. This was reported by Wales Online at quarter past seven this evening. It's now half past eight. Breaking news. I record like this, it. right? Okay. <laughs> but is it? Oh, so, no. Aldi is opening the UK's first ever bottomless pigs in blankets restaurant. Uh, it's set to open the nation's first pe- bottomless pigs in blankets restaurant with a press for pibs button to unlock unlimited courses of the festive favourite. The restaurant will allow fans to indulge in a six-course menu of Aldi's biggest pigs in blankets range to date. So they're bringing out not just normal, there's going to be a variety of pigs in blankets you could purchase from Aldi for this festive season. Okay? Okay. I mean, let's keep this ball rolling. I'm okay. enjoying. Yeah, the okay. offering includes the limited edition, specially selected brie and cranberry candy cane pigs in blankets Ooh. and specially selected caramelized onion chipolatas. Ooh. Alongside the menu, guests can also enjoy a bottom supply of the supermarket's butchers, select pigs in blankets, and specially selected pigs in blankets hand-cooked crisps. Meat-free restaurant goers can also enjoy endless amounts of the supermarket's plant menu, ultimate vegan pigs in blankets. Tickets are available now for five quid on Eventbrite, with proceeds going straight to the charity Neighbourly. Okay. okay. The, the opening comes as our new Aldi research reveals the pig and blanket is set to be a Christmas household staple with 423 million expected to be consumed on Christmas Day alone. That's just by me. They have become <laughs> they have become <laughs> you'll fucking turn into a pig's and blanket if you keep eating <laughs> <laughs> They've become so popular, 29% of Britons say they prefer to eat them over roast potatoes, and 38% would choose the porky hero over turkey. I love that they called it a porky hero. I'd say, can we not Absolutely. gloss over the fact they just called it a porky hero? Because that's fucking brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> One in six revealed that pigs and blankets would be the first thing they'd reach for the Christmas dinner table, with 19% stating that they would have them over anything else. Wow. And one in 10 Brits will have their first one by 10 a.m., with 6% having eaten one by breakfast at 8 a.m. Yeah, well. Okay. So, okay, now you've got me wanting pigs uh, and blankets. Is this where you annoy me now? I'm going to annoy you because they're focused on quality, price, and innovation. We want to create a memorable experience that allows pigs and blankets lovers to enjoy our unique range while celebrating with fans, friends and family. Last year, the supermarket sold more than 38 million pigs and blankets, and with sales expected to increase to over 43 million this year, it looks like they'll be ever more popular than ever. Bookings for Aldi's Pigs and Blanket restaurant are now available, uh, now open via Eventbrite, five pounds, with spaces available for walk-ins. The restaurant will be open from Friday the 24th of November to Saturday the 25th of November, which is next weekend, 1 p.m. to 8:15 p.m. So now we're going to be absolutely livid. So I checked out Eventbrite to see how much, you know, to see where this was taking place. It's completely sold out. Of course it fucking is. I knew it would. And it's only in one place in the entire country. Go on. London? It's in It's in London. London. Fucking do it. We'll, so, we'll just yeah. have our own. Fuck it. We'll make our own. 
it's in Camden in London. So they not they only go for one place, they went for one country as well. So Scotland, Wales, and Ireland can basically go fuck themselves by the by the Aldi standards. They're like, yeah, we'll just have it in London. So why would you um, offer and- why would you offer the greatest dining experience possibly ever and only do it on one day? Two days. Two days, sorry. And in London and make it so cheap that it's gonna sell out stupidly fast. Aldi, you had my respect, but you lost it. But I wonder if Wales Online relates to the party and and reported it at seven fifteen this evening. But I'm assuming it's been out for a while, and obviously it had already started. Even though they're saying tickets are available, but it did say walk-ins, so Ooh. I don't know. Yeah, so you know that queue is going around the fucking wind, round the door. Oh my god, you have, you have to put a tent out like three, you have to Taylor Swift or Harry Styles gig that shit and tent outside for like three days before. <laughs> Are you queuing to see uh, pigs in blankets menu? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Made by Aldo, they got a range, you know, you got a range. Um, there's even a brie and, cram- and cranberry candy cane. Try saying that fast two, three times quick. Um, oh, hot pigs in blankets, though. Dude, you're not too far. I think they're selling them now. I'm pretty Probably sure you yeah. could go to like Iceland or um talking of Iceland, they have decided not to make a Christmas advert this year because they want to be able to feed their customers, which I thought was fucking superb. Um oh. like adverts cost like millions or billions or whatever, and they decided that because of the cost of living crisis, they would pay towards that to knock their food prices down so people could eat over Christmas, which I thought was absolutely excellent. So big, big, big Applause there to Iceland's you absolute legends. That's twice that Iceland have won my heart this week because they announced that they're selling their Christmas range this week. Bacon wrapped Brussels sprouts. Oh, get in my tum tum. I cannot wait. Yeah. Mm. I love me a Brussels I'm a Brussels sprout fan myself. So Brussels yeah, that's just oh. anyway. Now we come to the stupid shit. Hey. Now we've got the we've got the serious, you know, the the intellectual side of the show out the way. Let's have some fun, shall we? <laughs> intellectual. Jamie, why the fuck do we contain our laughs in barrels? They would escape as soon as you opened it. Like it just like, what is the point? <laughs> like always a barrel of laughs. Oh, where'd you get that from? Where where could you is it a keg or is it like a traditional barrel? Like what exactly? And why are you throwing your laughs in there? Is it one of those ha? Had to be really quick, don't you? Do you know what I mean? You have to like proper throw it in there, wouldn't you? But then if you're going to add more laughs, that laugh's going to escape. So is it a case of a continuous laugh? So you have to go like, <laughs> nail it shut, nail it shut, fucking nail it shut. Who owns barrels these days as well? You'd think they might update like Tupperware well, of laughs. <laughs> I love the idea of going to Weatherspoons and being like, oh, I'll have a, I'll have a pint of Carlin, please, love. She goes, yeah, no worries. <laughs> what the fuck's happened here? So, oh, you've obviously got the barrel laughs instead of the barrel of Carlin. Sorry, they've always been a mix up on the old uh, at the warehouse. <laughs> That'd be amazing. If no pub has ever done that for like April Fools or something, they are missing a fucking treat because that is genius. <laughs> I'm trying to think, somebody said, I think someone said it to me or messaged it to me or something. I went, oh God, they were a barrel of laughs. And I was like, why do laughs get contained in barrels? Or why is this a saying? Like, why is it a thing? Like, where did this originate from? Like, just, I just love the idea of people screaming into them and they'd be like, look at that nutcase there. Look at him. Look at him. What's he doing? What's he doing laughing into barrel over there? <laughs> He's a barrel of laughs, you could say. <laughs> then people go, oh, that's quite, that's quite catchy, that Kev. I quite like that. 
I'd love to know where half of these fucking expressions come from. That is someone I really want to get as a guest on this show, as someone who has like studied the English language, but the stupid side of it that we like to break down. Because Lucy Dent. Oh, yes. Lucy Dent would be great. Oh, yeah, that's yes. A Give us a call, Susie. You, you know our details. Give us a call. Yeah, it'd be great to have her on anyway, just generally. But when I was on, when I was on that <laughs> stupid thought of train of thought, I thought of another one. Which was, imagine actually trying to move heaven and earth. Like, imagine actually trying to pick that shit up, especially because heaven doesn't even exist. So, and it's supposed to be in the clouds. So, it's either not, it's just not going to be there, is it? So, you can't, you can't physically, and then you'd have to go into space to move the, but you can't move the earth because it rotates anyway. So, it's technically moving anyway. Um, but where are you going to put it? Like, plus, no matter what you're moving, you're moving the whole planet, so it's still going to be in the same place and like the same distance or whatever. So you're not really making it, any difference. It'll fuck what? up that planet round that everyone thinks, won't it? Oh yeah, <laughs> Mercury, Earth, Mars, Venus. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. So where, where are you going with the Earth? I might put it between Jupiter and Saturn. Actually, I think I might put it there. If that's okay with you, <laughs> I'm going to try and squeeze it inside your anus. <laughs> I don't, don't touch. Oh, God, you hear all week by any chance? Mm. Fuck it out. <laughs> anyway, what I wanted to bring to your attention this week, Jamie, was a real serious... Th- We've had Obviously, we're having quite a lot of storms at the moment. Yes. Um, and because, obviously, global warming isn't real and all that bullshit that apparently, you know, it's a definitely a massive thing. It's definitely a massive issue because when was it 15,000 degrees in November and when did we have storms every week? So yeah, I, I, I almost got fucking blown away going to get the kid from school today. The windows are fucking strong. It's like, wee. That was good fun. Did it take your shoulder back into place? <laughs> oh, I'm killed. Oh my God, it's all in talk. A fucking strong wind. I just needed a strong gust. <laughs> I should have just put my legs over me and farted. Um, but it got me to thinking of these, these tornadoes and hurricanes that America have and all that sort of shit and typhoons and everything. How the fuck do birds survive? Like, I'm really intrigued as to how birds survive storms. And then it came into my head that just holding on to that telegraph wire with their feet going, fucking hell, Janice, what's going on here? You don't never blow me this hard, do you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Michael, Michael, are you all right? Yes, I'm fine, mate. Like, my fucking wings are out. I can't put my wings in. <laughs> I've never put that into any thought whatsoever, but yeah. Strong wind must be an absolute bastard for birds, you're right. <laughs> Especially if they're going if they're going the other way, they must love life like what? No effort we did. But like if they're going towards it, yeah. Like... You could make a Pixar film out of this. You could <laughs> oh totally God, make so like a real serious, like kids. <laughs> Like proper message, like you know, it's like they know the storm's coming, but they've realised they've got no food, or the baby's missing, or something, or something, and they're like they have to go and save it. And then towards the end of the storm's coming, and his dad's like flying with him with his baby in his mouth, or whatever. I don't know. It's like fuck, come on, we're almost there. And the wind starts getting heavier and heavier. Like you're going, come on. <laughs> let's copyright that idea right now. So if anyone from Disney's listening. It's ours. We want we want rights. Well, Tom wants rights. I didn't say anything, but yeah. Copyright Tom Stevens Chronicles of Podcast. Yes, but that's yeah, great. So, a great idea. But I just I just love the idea of them on the on the telegraph because obviously that's a fucking thin ass wire that they could just magically stand on with no problems whatsoever. 
and just like I can imagine like bounce up and down really quick and like oh Jesus Christ okay now <laughs> yeah or like whoa 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 <laughs> I'd rather fucking sleep <laughs> yeah that was my uh, that was my I, thoughts that I, I had this week I had a couple of things to bring to the table this week. Oh, yeah? First, I just saw I just saw on Facebook earlier on this morning. Do you know how lots of places like to do speciality club nights, as they call them? Like they have themes and stuff like that. Okay. I saw one this morning, which I have never thought I'd put together, and it's possibly the most Tom Stevens club night I've ever heard of in my goddamn life. Unfortunately, though. It's only in Birmingham, Manchester, and Glasgow. So you'll have to go home or come to me if you want to go. It's called Farm Emo. It's a country and emo club night. Oh, my God. That sounds unbelievable. How does this work? But I want to go and find out. When is it? Have we going? When is it? <laughs> it's in March. When? Um, 22nd of March in Birmingham. Oh, or you could go go home for the twenty six in Glasgow, but the tagline is "It's not a phase, y'all." Fucking brilliant! <laughs> I love it. I mean, I'm I'm da- I mean, you laugh, but that sounds incredible. Okay. And I think I'm going. I'm I'm saying it yours, whether you like it or not. Uh, and we're going. <laughs> I knew I right. saw it, and I was like, "Why do they? Why have they put these together? Why is the most, this the most perfect thing for Tom ever?" Like, <laughs> I have to tell you, <laughs> I'm all over it. Just absolutely screaming and singing your heart to panic at the disco or fallout boy, and then be hit with <laughs> Luke Coombs, Luke Bryan, or throw a Georgia line. You'd be absolutely living the dream, wouldn't you? It'd be absolutely incredible. It'd be so great. I'd, I'd like, are they popping in some like emo covers of country songs and stuff like that? I want to know how it's going down. I kind of want to go. I'm not going to lie. Well, didn't go. Devil Driver dabble in Johnny Cash songs and record them in Johnny Cash's um, recording studio? I'm pretty Ooh, sure they did. I remember someone doing that. I can't remember who it was, though. Might be I'm pretty sure Des talked about it on a download interview he had with Ka- our former oh, guest Kylie Olsen. Um, oh, and I'm pretty sure I brought it with Michael when I interviewed him for the Razor's Edge. Um, oh, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure Devil yeah, Driver already dabbled. But still, but still, that sounds unbelievable. I'm down for it. I'm I going with you. I knew you'd be down for that. And um, one other thing, one other thing. I've already put off work. <laughs> <laughs> I did it while I was And another thing, I've got a, a Jamie thing to bring to the show. Oh, no. Okay. So, emojis. Right. Why do people use an, an aubergine emoji for a dick? Because look at it. But th- there's other things there. You could use a bow. No. A cockerel, a snake. Yes, I did my research and I checked. Why an aubergine? Or an because it looks like a, it looks like a cock, doesn't it? That's why. I think it's because it was. I think it was like one of the only vegetables or only fruit of only vegetables that was available when it first got made, when the emojis first became a thing, and that's why it's the cock because it's the, one of the first ones that ever got created. Oh, that makes sense then. Okay, I didn't, I I didn't think about I hate no, 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 no. I, I, I didn't think about the history of it all. I was just looking for my emoji at the time. I was thinking a bone could work, like a cockerel, cock, because some people use a pussy cat for a... Yeah. Um... A pussy vagina? A pussy, yeah. I yeah, hate okay. the word pussy. It just makes me feel ill on the inside. Or a snake, like I said, a trouser snake. But, okay, okay if, if 
The only option there originally when, was an aubergine. We'll go with that. When was the last time you ever heard anybody call a penis a trouser snake? <laughs> 1962 or something. Yeah, I thought they just called actually. Hello. <laughs> yeah, they want that back, Jay. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, the bone makes sense, but yes. Ben would be like, why do, why is your bone wet? And yeah, what bone is point. it? <laughs> Like, is everything okay? Like, if you, are you are you bleeding? Is a bone sticking out and you're bleeding outwards? Is that what's going on here? Is there, like, can you please explain yourself? Whereas you put the ocean, they go, oh, you're just a cock. <laughs> Why is it purple and round on the fatter at one end? It's a bit weird. Smashing it too much. Um, <laughs> Green on the other end. You need help, mate. And it's, it's really fat at the end. Is like, yeah, it's because it's it's because they've been smacking it down so much. It's like built up at the at the end here. And then it's got gangrenous on the screen. end. So nothing, nothing could come out because it's gangrenous <laughs> on the end. So it's like stuck and it's all the build up at the back. <laughs> Welcome to the Chronicles of Podcast. We've been here for 110 editions, don't you know? <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Anyway, Jamie, how are you doing? Are you well? Are you, other than holding me a. Your, your broken I was, face. I was gonna say, yeah, I'm all right. I'm pretty fucking fed up with this shit now, but yeah, I'm all right. I'm getting there slowly. After my oh, no, no, bird no, no, diagnosis, fucking... I'll fuck off you. <laughs> and on top of this, the wife thought it'd be a really nice idea to give me a horrible stinking cold as well. So every time I cough or sneeze, that hurts my neck. So I'll fucking give up. Yeah, I'm gonna be the miserable, <laughs> moany old bastard this week. <laughs> Jesus! Oh my fucking neck! Oh my fucking ch- Now I've got a cold. What am I gonna do? <laughs> Every now and again, I keep turning around and going, "Just in case I haven't told you this lately, I fucking hate you for giving me this." You might as well be the heart attack head. <laughs> oh, no, no. <laughs> I think that would hurt. I could have been a good way in my head. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm I must have been a puppet, surely. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I'm alright. I'm just plod- I'm plod- not really doing a lot. I'm not leaving the house. I'm just plodding along. What, have- uh, so have you got more time off work now then? Yeah, I've been signed off till the 21st, I believe it is. I've got another week off now. But I'm hoping because, well, I'm also talking about it now. I, I went and had my first physio appointment for it and I had another diagnosis. So I don't have muscle damage to my trapezius muscle that is not the problem I don't know if this is better or worse all my damage is in my neck so basically I've damaged the right side of my neck that is where all the damage all the pain is coming from The all the arm pain and everything is because it's like connected because you're saying basically what he got he held my he got me to put all the weight of my arm in his arm and he was doing all the movements that hurt me to do. And it was it was uncomfortable, but it didn't hurt like as much as I do it. And then he got me to lie down and he put got me to put all the weight on my head in his hands and he was moving it. And I was like, I'm gonna call you names in a minute if you keep doing this because it hurts like shit. He's like, Yeah, that that's where your problem is. The pain is in your neck. It's not your it's not your muscles or anything like that. It's it's your actual neck. So I've got like his exercises I've got to do. Nice. So it's like I want you to sit there, lower your chin, and pretend that someone's coming really close to you, and you don't like it. See it like this. Just sit there in front of the TV and just do this about 
30 times every hour. Great fun. Okay. So, um, yeah. so I take it you're not, you're not getting cracked or anything? No, I'm not getting cracked. I mean, apparently it can take... There's basically no, no treatment for it. I can take painkillers to try and make it life easier. And it's got to heal itself. It can take up to three months. So I'm about halfway there. Yay. Cool. The month and a half, you fucking bitch in the morning. Hooray. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, just on the subject of doctors, they just sent all the ones that didn't really give a fucking medical school to Birmingham. It feels all like it. Swept, <laughs> eh, well, you know, they've got no money anyway. You might as well send them yeah. there. They don't really give a shit. So, and no one likes Birmingham. Only a thousand people in America out of like a billion odd <laughs> country like them there. So, just send them there. That's the accent. That's all it is. It's the only reason yeah. people like us. I'm waiting now for next week when you go, you won't fucking believe it, mate. I've had a fourth diagnosis now. <laughs> it honestly wouldn't surprise yeah. me at this point. And he'd be like, it's in my foot. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's in my foot. It's in my third foot. It's an aubergine. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Honestly, wouldn't fucking surprise I fucking me. got you, mate. I got you, mate. <laughs> it's actually in me nose. <laughs> the pain's like shooting through the back of my nostrils into the back of my head. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, I, sorry. Like I said, honestly, wouldn't surprise me at this point. <laughs> How are you anyway, my friend? Yeah, I'm I'm good, man. I'm good. Um, I have been looking at things that I want to be doing with my life. Uh, so weirdly, I've been looking at university courses. Um, in like journalism, broadcasting, and that sort of thing, to like further this and further my career into the world that I want to work in. Because I find that when I find jobs of that sort of nature, it's like, yeah, degree or experience. Or it's like, mm. hmm. So that's been I've been dabbling with that a little bit recently. Um, I found some stuff online, so I'm going to have a look at look into it. But I want to be able to work at the same time, so that's going to be difficult anyway yeah. um it's just when i'm on the drawing board at the moment i'm just like you know drawing it out and being like hmm here, here, here. and then you've got those pins of the you know the police use go that's <laughs> them to that nothing to that um yeah oh it turns up my dad did it fuck uh yeah so <laughs> um so that's been going on uh but yeah man i'm fine i'm fine just wrong with it. rolling with the punch i was gonna start rolling with punches now we just like roll doing some gambles michael gambon praise you praise you um, Don't you know, you fucking bring gambols back into this year. <laughs> rolling with the gambling with the punches. Um, <laughs> so gambol plays, you praise. Uh, yeah. So if you're a fan of the show and listen to this, you would understand what the fuck I just talked about. Yeah. Um, so just a bit of a throwback. Yeah. It, in a nutshell, because apparently I'm stuck in one, I need to get out of it. Uh, it's a walnut shell, so it's big, but it's really weirdly like creased. That's a ball sack. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> Makes me of Austin Powers no, every I... time that fucking expression. It's just you in a nutshell, Austin. No, this is me in a nutshell. Help, I'm in a nutshell. <laughs> Help, I'm in a nutshell. Hold <laughs> oh. on, trust in power, no. Anyway, I know that you've obviously got a broken face and head and whatever yeah. else is fucking broken on you, but how's your week been? Uh, pretty boring. I haven't really done a lot. Um, I had the kids stay the weekend, which was nice because I actually had a oh, weekend nice. off because obviously I'm not in work, so couldn't really do a lot with them, unfortunately. But I had the kids stay over, which was nice. Lena's been going on because she wants to meet Olivia's rabbit because uh, a rabbit is a favorite animal, so she'd be wanting to come meet the rabbit. I keep forgetting you got a fucking rabbit. Yeah, my little white bunny friend. I say my white bunny friend. You go near it, try and pick it up, and she goes, fuck, 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 and runs away. But yeah. 
still me and Snowball, we're friends. Um, and I've mostly just been doing stuff for the show and been playing on the PlayStation and playing WE2K23 because I I quite, still quite like playing wrestling games. I'd say I've been playing the Avengers still, but I think I've been stuck on the same level since we last recorded. I just cannot beat this bastard, and it's driving me insane. <laughs> I think I tried about six times early, and I went, no, I'm not going to one of those people that throw their controller out the window. I'm going to turn the game off, because that's going to happen shortly if I don't. So, yeah. Talking of games and, and bosses and stuff, I, it's really weird, right? I always have this thing that if a boss defeats me or something defeats me, I'll go, I'll tell you what, I'll play it one more time. If I can't get past it, I'll, I'll stop. And I always win. It's really weird, and it keeps happening. <laughs> I just, I just, I just go, I'll, I'll play one more time. If I don't win, I'll just watch something else or read a book or something. And then I always beat it and I go, oh, then play another 15 hours. <laughs> I'm, so going in, I'm going in with that psychology next time because if I can't beat this bastard, then me and Black Widow are going to fall out because I swear to God, it's driving me insane. It's one of those ones as well where it's in like stages, like you beat him the first time, then you got to beat some other people and then you do it again and then you got to beat some other people. It's one of them, so I've managed to beat them twice, and then I always die in that last second to last bit. Like, Who are you? And in this bit, I'm on. I'm playing as Black Widow. Uh, it's okay. part of the story, so I've got to be Black Widow, and I'm like, so it's driving me mad. I'm just gonna get angry about it now if I don't calm down. So let's not think about it too much. All right, yeah. What have you been doing yourself? Because that is literally all I've been doing. <laughs> uh, we've also been reanimating. Um, we had our two big events last week. Um, and out of the, I think I had eight people or six. I think I had eight people and two didn't show. Um, one was one on COVID, so that's absolutely fine. But one guy was like, I really want to go. I really want to go. I really want to go the night before. So I was like, Yeah, sure, no worries. Like, got them all, got them all sorted. The day after, I was like, Oh, so what's your ETA? He went, Yeah, I'm not coming now. Sorry, what? What? <laughs> he's like, yeah, I'm just going to go with my work instead. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> I'd had, I'd had a few drinks. Uh, I said some things I didn't mean. I'll tell you. <laughs> I'll tell you the story off 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 air. But like, it was just really like, all right then, no worries. Weird. It's free. Ooh, it's that's so like, weird. Like, it's it just blew my mind a little bit. But I've made dollar bills. I've made dollar bills, and it's coming in Christmas. So I'm very excited. Um, so yeah, work's been decent, busy. Um, I think I made a new friend today as well, which is great. Um, just you know, any of those people where like, because I have to do like catch up and feedback stuff to get feedback to like obviously make the events better. Mm. And like, I I started on this one guy today, and you know, when it's just like we just couldn't stop laughing for the first five ten minutes. I was like. This guy's great. Like you're my only best friend already. It's just one of those moments we just, just click straight away, and it's just yeah, um, just one of those things. Uh, so yeah, that was cool. Um, but other than that, dude, like I got Keris to watch This Is England, the movie, yes. which she found really harrowing, um, and she was like, "It was great, but my god, that's so." She's finally watched This Is England '86. We finished it in two days, uh, and it's only four episodes, only an hour. But I, she's like, oh, my God, this show's amazing. Goes, but I can't handle it. <laughs> so we got to wait. Hopefully we'll start 88 at some point. I was going to um, say, was 86 but... the last one or was there another one? Is that it's 88? No, there's 88 and 90. And they want to do 94, but it didn't happen in the end. Oh, 
Yes. That was um, yeah, so, oh my God, that show is just, I want Joe Gilgan for this show because oh. I just love that man so much. It'd be absolutely yeah. unreal. He's on my um, list. So yeah, so we've been watching that. I uh, have you have you? I have spoken about on this show a show called Slow Horses on Apple TV. I you've spoken about, it, but I don't have Apple TV, so I've not watched it. No. Okay, yeah, so the third series starts in two weeks' time, 29th of November. Fucking so excited! It's it's disgusting. So I bought the books because they're based on books written by Mick Heron, and I okay. finished the first one and. It's it's just it's great, if not better than the TV series. And the TV series is fucking unreal. Um, so I really, really enjoyed it. So I finished reading the first one. I've got the first three, but I don't want to catch ahead of myself because I'd rather watch the series first and then read the book. Um, yeah. I think I'd rather visualize it to when I so when I read, I can visualize it in my head. Um I do, I do that. They're very similar and it's great. It's really good. And uh Jack Loden and Gary Oldman. Gary Oldman is unbelievable in it. Like un believable he's so funny he's just great he's just a great actor um and jack loden who plays river cartwright who's the other main character like absolutely superb scottish guy with an english he's got an english accent in it but just absolutely yeah amazing like it's just such a great if you ever get the chance to get apple tv watch it because you'll fall in love six episodes of series or an hour all excellent um I, i i guarantee you'll love it i guarantee you'll love it uh, so yeah, I finished reading the book yesterday. Uh, I bought some more books. So I've got loads more books to get through. Um, so The Ice Nine Kills the Silver Scream turned up yesterday. So I read that. I, I bought James Connor, James Connor's book. Uh, he's the former running back for the Pittsburgh Steelers, who now plays for Arizona. But when he was 20, he had cancer. And it's all oh. about how he beat it at such a young age. Like he, I think he broke his leg. He broke something in a game. And they, that's how they discovered he had cancer. They're like, Shit. you're not getting any better. And this is weird. And then they found out that he had Hodgkin's lymphoma. So, oh. um, yeah, yeah, like it's so it, apparently the book's not about football. It's about him and his like desire to beat it and to you know live his life and stuff. So, um, yeah, nuts. I'm excited to read that. Um, and I've got Billy Connolly's new one. I'm still going through uh, Windswept and Interesting. I'm trying to read that at the moment, but I've got his new one as well. It's, it's I'm one of those people that. I like because I like I enjoy reading. I like buy I like hardbacks that makes it look all sexy. But I just I will buy so much than I actually read, so that the the, the collection just ever grows and grows and grows. Yeah. Like I've got Mer- Marilyn, Ra- I can never say her last name. Rax Chubb, who plays Chloe in Twenty Four. I've got yes. her book. I forgot I had it because it's small, so it's like hidden. And I was looking through and oh shit, yeah, I forgot I had that. So I'm gonna read that at some point as well because she talks about Twenty Four lows in it. So I'm the same. I've got so many books to read. Like. Obviously, it's coming up towards Christmas now. I'm like, people are like, what do you want? So I've got my Amazon wish list, and I keep saying, like, the books on there. Don't worry too much because I've got that many fucking books. It's just going to sit on a shelf probably till next Christmas. So we'll just leave that. As a, I might just take them off them because I'm never going to read did, the bloody things. Is right. I just get them. Just get them, and then you've got them, and then you, <laughs> then you can go to them at your leisure. Yes, you can go to them at your leisure. Um, but other than that, man, like. Not a whole ass of a lot really going on. Just getting right, just getting excited for full gear this Saturday. AEW. Um, I, I think I'm two weeks behind. No, I'm a week behind. I'm on last Wednesday's Dynamite. Um, and WWE, I'm only on last week's NXT, so I've caught up quite a bit with that. I thought Crown Jewel was shit. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> um, um, the first, the Rollins McIntyre match was fucking excellent, like it was so good. And then I rested, I was like, oh. All right. 
So I, I read the results, but it's so hard to know whether it's actually any good from read the results. So it, it was it was all right. WWE, I'm finding it's just repeating, repeating, repeat every week. It's just yeah. the same shit, and I'm like, this is getting. But it's weird that I can't turn it off. Is that weird? It's probably habitual, to be fair, because you've watched it your whole life. Like, yeah, true. I like. I don't really care that much anymore. I don't watch it, but I can't not read the results. I can't like straight away Tuesday morning. What happened on Raw last night? Like, I don't. I'm never going to watch it. I don't give that much of a fuck. But if I don't check it, I feel a bit weird. Like, I need to. I need to check it. I need to. I'm halfway through now. I'm at SummerSlam '99 now. And like I'm just loving watching. I watch it while I work, oh, and it's just oh. yeah. I've ju- I've literally just started love, it. I'm on the very first job. match, and then I finished work, and I was just like, it's just so good every week. And I was like, what? This is what AEW feels like, though. AEW is like it's every single like you just have no fucking clue what's going to happen, and that's what I miss about WWE. Like it used to be like, oh shit, oh that happened, but now it's just the same matches with the same people every fucking week. Yeah. There's no there's no intertwining stories anymore. It's all, this is a story, that's a story, and that's a story. Whereas AEW is like everything happening all at once everywhere, which is how I love wrestling. WWE is just like, no, this is for the top card, this is for the mid card, and this is for the bar. Like nobody, t- and it's like, no, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Don't get me wrong. Fest. I love the Judgment Day, but by God, if I need to see them, Every single segment and every single thing going on every single week, yeah. I'm like, we just, um, just go away now. You do not turn me against Dominic because I fucking love that man. Okay, um, but yeah, other uh, than that, uh, <laughs> we've got two amazing interviews coming up this week, um, and that's really about it, my friend. Yeah, it's been a pretty well, definitely a quiet one for me, and uh, yeah, pretty normal one for you, but. Next Wednesday, Jamie. Oh, yes. Fuck me. As if it's next Wednesday, that's coming around quick. Next week. Oh, next Wednesday. I'm very, very oh, excited. I, think pl- I, think, I was about I to. Think plug it. I was oh, good. just about to. <laughs> next Wednesday, November 22nd, 5 p.m. at Subside in Birmingham. The Chronicles of Podcast Live 2. It's free entry. Four incredible bands. Second Cities. Tooth and Dagger, Dead Happy, and Recall the Remains. And we are raising funds and awareness for our friends here at the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. We are so excited for this event. I can't believe it's next week already. It's come around so fast. It's going to be bigger and better than last year. That's an absolute guarantee. And last year was fucking phenomenal as well. So, yes. um, you know, we, we've we've worked some kinks out and it's going to be even more exciting. And we're very, very excited. So please come on down. If you're in the area, if you're near the area, if you want us to come down, just come down. It's free entry, man. Like, I guess it's costing nothing. And we are literally going to make a noise for Sophie's birthday as well. We are going to be recording and making a massive noise, uh, which we put into a collaborative video, which the Sophie Lancaster Foundation will share next weekend on Sophie's birthday. So you need to come on down, come and get involved. It's going to be unreal. And it's going to be, and you get to hang out with us. What more could you want? Uh, you get to see us live as well. So I don't feel weird saying that, but it's great. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be so much fun. So please subside five from 5 p.m. next Wednesday, the 22nd of November in Birmingham. Come on fucking down. And yes, yes. I will get Jamie out of his city next year. <laughs> and speaking of making noise as well, 
a massive congratulations to our friends Second Cities who are playing our show. One of the seven bands announced for this year's official Make a Noise event as well, run by the foundation. Absolutely phenomenal. Tip of the hat to your boys. Absolutely honoured to have you playing our show and it is incredible to see you up there supporting the foundation as well. Yeah, And that sets at our, sh- at our show. So come yes. on down. They're going to make a noise at our show. So make yes. sure you're there. 22nd November, Subside, Birmingham. Be there. Anyway, let's hear from Stay Cozy. Braden Barrett, Stay Cozy, before we move on to the next segment. All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody. This is Braden Barry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, T-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey. That's right, folks. And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. Hosted by Tom and Jamie. <laughs> like, you can get 10% off, man. That's right, Shaggy. Just use the special code, the Chronicles at checkout. Oh, boys. Oh. Superb advert. It'll never get old, ever. Never. Never, never, never. Make sure you go on down to takeoverclothing.com and get yourself some merchandise. <laughs> but, Jamie. <clears throat> yes, sir. Whilst everyone's down getting some circular clothing, let's get your favourite segment started, shall we? Oh, I think we definitely should. It's time for Callum's Treachings. Yes. Do you want to know something? Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's Treachings. It's cereal soup. Ooh. That's right, ladies and gents. The Treacher is back. He's just been and had a lovely holiday in Denmark with his wonderful yes. other half, Lucy. And make sure you check. Check out their podcast, that that podcast. Podcast. Make sure podcast. Out their podcast, That Gym Couple. Uh, uh, that Gym Couple, available wherever you get your podcasts from and on YouTube as well. Uh, all about uh, just gym shit. So anxieties in the gym, funny things they've seen, you know, how to do these workouts, those workouts, embarrassing moments, that sort of thing. Like it's just all about life in the gym uh, as a couple as well. So, uh, yeah, go and check out That Gym Couple with Callum and Lucy right now. But let's hear from the treacher himself, Jamie. Yes, sir. What is Callum Treacheners this week? We all get taught as kids to never swear, but grow up and basically everyone does. That is a very good point. I've, I've often wondered this. Sorry. No, don't apologise. I, 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 I thought you were talking. So no, no. I was yeah. say, what is the age limit where you get to where it's like, you can swear now? Like, is there is there an age where it's socially I acceptable? My parents always... So, always did it and were like don't repeat it don't repeat it yeah. and you got to say like bloody and crap at like eight nine i think bloody and crap like your your inwards and ass or ass is that is ass in that you know yeah, what i mean because so it's like it's like it's like poo poo face and bum head when you're a child isn't it <laughs> like and we and we we face and that, that sort of thing that's how it begins and i think as you get to like the eight nine ten area that's when bloody and crap comes in um and ass and and probably willy um <laughs> But I think it's when you hit secondary school. Yeah, I'm trying to... I, remember, I remember a story. I was 12 years old. But the thing is, right, my childhood is not the greatest. Um, and I'm going to be open and honest about it. I had no friends until I was about 14. I was very shy. I was really quiet. You wouldn't believe that for the fact that I'm like, you know, what I'm like now. But like, I had no friends. No one liked me. No one spoke to me. Girls hated me. That sort of thing. It was weird. Like, I was just that loser kid that no one wanted to talk to. Right? Which is, which is fair enough. Anyway... Year seven, I remember being, I got bullied fucking loads as well. Um, Towards boys now, fucky. Uh, so anyway, I was, I think I was in tutor group in year seven, Bdale High School. 
And I'm on the girls' coach, and she was like, do you know what a blowjob is? And I was like, no. And she went, would you ever give one? And I was like, give one? It's like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But then it's that thing where people go, I'm not telling you. You find out for yourself, won't you? Ah, I'm not telling you. And I really weirdly remember that story. I don't know why. And I'm pretty sure they're trying to make me say that I'd give blowjobs. I remember that. I remember some, something similar to that with, I think it was Clit. was another one was like, do you know what a clit is? I bet you don't know what a clit is, do you? I was like, man, I mean, you fucking ain't. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm 37. I still can't fucking find weird. it. <laughs> Mum, why do you ask me these questions? It's so weird. Um, God, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> uh, but, I don't, but don't you find, though, as a teenager, like, as soon as you learned what a swear word was, you got so fucking excited. Oh, yeah. I couldn't wait to tell like, your mates and people that you knew and then try and make catch people out with saying it. Do you know what a fuck is? I bet you don't, do you? I learned fuck today. Yeah, bastard. I'm bastard as well, yeah. Like, it's that now, like, Sam's at the age where Joe started letting him say a few swear words. He gets him in there where he can. He's not as bad as Harrison was, as Harrison. As soon as as soon as soon his mom was like, you can start You can start using a few swear words. It was like, challenge accepted. Like, every other Fight. word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Every other word. But I remember when I was a kid, I can't remember how old it was now, but mom was like, right, I will let you say shit, crap, and ass. That is it. <laughs> that is all you're allowed to use. I can't remember what age I got to when it was like, right, fuck, bastard, wank, let's get them all out there. Never the C word, though. Oh. No question about that. Have you ever dropped it on your parents? Not at them, but just in conversation. What, the C word? Yeah. Oh, I have now. Yeah, but when I was younger, if I ever did, my mom would never have a go at me for it. But she'd always just give me that look, that disapproving mother look, because it's like, you know, I hate that word. So I never <sighs> dropped it for years. Like I never dropped it for years, and then I think it must have been. It, it's obviously in the last five or ten, and I think it really annoyed me. I was on the phone to her, and I just smashed it in there, and I was like, oh my god, I just said that, and she just laughed her head off, and I was like, oh, obviously we've reached that level now where it's fine. Um, but it's always, it's always that's that's that one word where you go, do I want to drop this in front of, you know what I mean? Do I really want to do this in front of my mum? It's a bit weird to say, like every other one, you don't give a shit, you don't care. But that one's a bit like, mm, it's a weird do I really want to say this? Some people still really hate that word. And it's it's, it's amazing how much people would like, what's always made me laugh, like my ex always said to the kids, like you can start, start using these words now, it's fine, but not in front of your nan. Never in front of your nan. <laughs> the generation Not in front of your nan. <laughs> it makes me laugh. But now it's like, do you know what pegging is? Snowballing. Now you're like an Eskimo kiss. Like, the fuck is going on? <laughs> now I have no idea what the fuck is going on anymore. I, I, we've surpassed that stage where it's new stuff coming through. But there has to be words for everything these days now. If there's, there's you know, people have their kinks, it's fine. If that's what they're into. I but it dread. just there's just new new things for everything. Go I on. dread to hear what playground banter is like in 2023. Like I, I know awful, how man. bad it was when we were kids. This we didn't have there. the technology. Yeah. yeah, we didn't have the technology, <laughs> so like, we could make our own shit, and it was fun. Now it, I bet it's ruthless, and I bet okay. yeah, no thanks. I can only imagine what it's like. No now. thanks, because nowadays it'd be like, do you know what a blowjob is? Yeah, it's one of them. Look, look what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, don't know. We don't, we don't. oh god, yeah, I don't know. Imagine what it's like now. 
was that like a really mature conversation out of now? Because we didn't really make fun of anyway. I just I don't I really know like, what that. That was almost like the Chronicles of Podcast educational section. Yeah. Um, Shows all over the place. I love it. But I, I think I respect the fact that parents. I think if you really go hammer and nail and be like, don't you ever say those words, they're going to want to say it more. So I think where my parents are so like, we don't mind. Just don't go happy go lucky. Don't think you'll fucking call us because we will destroy you but yeah. you know we understand that these words exist and this exists and you're probably gonna say it at some point i remember just quickly before we move on i was my um my sister grace she's 17 now but i think she's about three or four at the time and i dropped something on the floor and i went oh shit and she went oh shit and i was like no no yeah. oh no oh dear oh dear Oh dear, yeah, yeah. Oh dear, she went, oh dear. Like that's better. Forget that last word. Forget it. I never said that ever, ever. You don't even know what that means. Uh, and now she's eighteen in December, and that blows my fucking mind. Anyway, Jamie, let's move on. Yes. What else is Callum teaching us this week? A clown has to be one of the only legitimate careers that's also an insult. <laughs> Fair point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I try, I'm trying to think if there's oh, any more. Look at you, you fucking, you fucking pilot, you dustbin man. <laughs> oh, I can't believe you've come in here with your, with your fireman's helmet on. Um, yeah, there literally is. That's yeah, great. I, I, I can't think of anything. I, just, I can't believe that's still a thing. It's amazing that's still a thing. But circuses have like grown now and you've got all these people flipping and doing mad shit now. It's not like yeah. you bog standard that it's abuse animals and all that sort of bollocks. Um I don't like them. I never. I find them weird. Um, I think people are more scared of clowns than they are like entertained by them these days. Do you think? I think because horror movies have depicted them that way now. Horror movies got there's so many of them. So Pennywise, obviously. I've I've never got the fear of clowns, but it's like yeah, you got Pennywise, but that's the only famous clown that I could. I know there's a new one, but I can't even remember his name. Terror. There's one American horror story. Was, oh, I've never watched it. Okay, but yeah, but yeah, I, I can't think of any other careers that is an insult. Oh, what a fucking that's right, What a fucking teacher. No, <laughs> can't think of anything. But yeah, I, I literally, like, I think, I think, uh, is anybody really call that? It, it, it's weirdly more insulting, I think, now as well. I think because obviously, <laughs> I don't think it's so underused. So when you get when it gets used, you're like, oh. Cheers. <laughs> wow. The 60s called. They want their insults back. Cheers. You just it's called be- me a I mean, clown. It's, be- it's, it's better than fucking Dindler, whatever the god oh, in the hell's name that is. Yeah. That's Jesus no. Christ, Gloucestershire. I'd, Grow up. I'd rather be called a clown than a Dindler. Yeah. What even is that? I don't even get it. I don't even know what that is. Oh, like, god. I'll be amazed if people use that still. Amazed. It's Gloucestershire. No one knows what anything means anymore. But I'm, we, we should start doing it, shouldn't we? We should start trying to have a go at people with a different job. <laughs> oh, you, you fucking healthcare worker. <laughs> <laughs> so you'll get is a fucking clap. <laughs> oh, you fucking, Not me, clap. You fucking you golf caddy. Clap. <laughs> so many. <laughs> oh, my God, you fucking chief information officer. I can't believe you'd even done that. <laughs> You are such a financial support worker. It's ridiculous <laughs> to have it. 
Oh, let's bring them in. Let's just confuse people and just start calling them random job titles. I yeah, like yeah. it. It's like it's like swapping it's like swapping the swear words around. I mentioned a few weeks ago, you piece of fuck. <laughs> That'd be great as well. Oh, I like that. Anyway, anyway, and finally, Jamie, what is Callum treating us? Nothing about the movie Cars plot necessitates the characters being actual cars. So, this is yeah. where I'm... I've never seen the movie. I've never seen any of them. He's fucking right, so, though. Apart from him being a racing in a car at the start of it, because obviously he is a car. Yeah, he's, there isn't. He's, it's been a while since I've watched Cars. Memory serves, he basically gets stuck in a random roadside village somewhere because he's broke down and he can't get out. Yeah, yeah isn't there a truck? That's not yeah. a car. Yeah, there is a is a, a mater. Mater's great. But it could easily just be a man who has a car whose car has broken down. You do need to have said car in story, but it doesn't need to be a car. The main yeah, character doesn't a, need to be a you car. You could just walk back and they'll get a bus. If it was a, a person, yeah, I think that kind of takes away the concept of it being a broken down car because it, it is broken down; it can't go anywhere. Yeah, if it was a human being, be like, cool, I'll get the bus then. I'll just get back on. Maybe so it's the middle of nowhere, and everyone's forgotten where it exists. It's been a long time since I've watched Cars, but are there like three of them as well? Yeah, I've only ever seen the first one. But I think there's a, I think there's a planes one as well, spin off. Never seen that. But there we are. So I, it's it's nuts. I, I had a, a meeting with one of my delegates on yesterday um, in Holland, and he was talking about how he took his daughter to see Trolls Three, and he was like, "Oh, I actually enjoyed it. I didn't fall asleep at all." And I was like, "Oh, they will bleed any franchise. They'll bleed any franchise they can, can't they?" He went, "Yeah." Like, oh, okay, cool. So obviously, it's like, that's so let's move on, shall we? <laughs> Trolls Three was great. I took a movie to see that. Trolls Three was great. A lot in Trolls. Apparently, in Sync returning it or something. Yeah. <laughs> Because one of the main characters is Justin Timberlake, and in it, his brothers are are a boy band. It's in the trail. I'm not giving anything away. So the song they sing as a boy band is actually NSYNC doing the song. That's kind of fucking brilliant. Yeah, it's weird. I, don't, I, I how all of a sudden all these bands want to make a comeback, like S Club and that sort of thing. Like they're coming out of nowhere to make comebacks. I'm guessing it's running out of money. Is my it's, it's, uh, it's exactly yeah. what it is. Where they've gone, oh shit, we probably should have continued this on and not had this beef when we were 20 because we could have made a really decent career out of this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so I'm really sorry to shit all over this, Callum, but I've never seen the film, so I can't actually make any jokes about it because... Uh, I'm sure it's no been idea. a while. I, I, I think he might be right, though. From, from recollection, I think he might be right on that one. I mean, he's a rewatch. I've got fuck all else to do. I'm a time I well watch all the Cars movies. Why not? You should catch up with Daddy. It's what you should do. That, yeah, that's what every week is fucking glorious. Absolutely amazing at the moment. Absolutely amazing. But anyway, Callum, thank you so much once again. Sorry to have butchered and killed that last one. My apologies. Um, I should get up to date on my pop culture and start watching a few more kids' films. <laughs> start watching more Disney films. Anyway, I know how to follow this, Jamie. You do. It's Time Times Journal. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Jamie, 
Yes, We're going to start off with a list of how you know you've truly angered a British person. So this is for all you people that are not British and they're the Americans and everyone listens to us. This is how you know you've truly annoyed us. Take notes. One, they beg for your pardon. <laughs> Number two, they write you a strongly worded letter or email. Number three, they mutter, charming. Number four, they say, you're welcome, which you can only hear just here because they've waited for you to walk away a little bit first. (laughs) Number five, they tut. Number six, they say, um, and then pause before saying, excuse me. Seven, they say, that was uncalled for. Number eight, they say, honestly, it's fine. (laughs) Number nine, their email sign-off goes from kind regards to simply regards. (laughs) Or number 10, they say nothing at all for three years, then bring it up at Christmas dinner. (laughs) Apart from tutting, because I fucking hate tutting, I hate the noise, I do all of those. (laughs) I can't even deny it. Apart from maybe if, the Christmas someone, dinner one, I don't have my memories that good. If someone annoys my email, I always I'm always really nice. So if someone's like an absolute prick to me every email, I'm always like, not a problem. Hope you have an absolutely amazing Tuesday. Enjoy yourself. Kind regards. <laughs> See you next Tuesday. Bye. <laughs> Sometimes, Jane, I absolutely shock myself with the smart stuff I say and do. Then. There are times where I try to get out of the car with my seatbelt on. <laughs> I'm amazed I've never done that. I know myself when I look to know I'm amazed I've never done that. I'm amazed you've never done that. <laughs> I'm going to do it now, fucking said this. I just know it. Yeah, probably. Yeah. On the wrong side of your neck as well. <laughs> yeah, jinx myself. So people laugh so much about how cats love boxes. But if there was suddenly a box bigger than you in your living room, you're probably getting it too. <laughs> we've all done it. Come on. Come on. We've all done it. We love getting in a box. Love it. Hell's here. Got to get in a box. Another, another British people entry. British people walking around. Oh, pardon me. Sorry. Sorry. No, no. After you. Thank you. Sorry. Sorry. British people driving around. There's enough room for both of us there to squeeze that gap. So why the fuck? Did you stop giving stop giving way to me, you absolute bell end? <laughs> I messed it up because I stopped with my words. <laughs> the amount of times I had to turn into Becky, especially on the moment, I'm like, you know he can't hear you, right? Like you're just swearing at nothing. He can't hear you. <laughs> what right? If I woke up tomorrow as a horse. The first thing I'd do is eat a whole apple with the core in one bite. I bet it'd be really nice. Then I'd just kick whoever's behind me. <laughs> to react to that. But to be fair, yeah. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? Definitely why not? I bet. Right, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a massive contest in the end. I bet you'd be really motivated if the weight you lost went to somebody you don't like. Oh, could you imagine? 
You'd be so pissed off. Everybody would be like fighting against her to get fit because they'd be putting the weight on somebody else. That's a, do you know what I mean, really, why am I getting fatter? What the fuck's going on here? You'd have people staring at each other in the gym. It's going to you, motherfucker. In biology, measuring reptile and amphibian length is typically done snout to vent, meaning tip of the nostril to the cloaca. I propose that we rename this from Booper to Pooper. Thank you for your time. (laughs) I like that. Which turns into a frog. Ha ha! Now suffer! Me, chilling on a leaf. Which? Wait, what? Me, experiencing happiness for the first time in my life. (laughs) Which? Wait! No! (laughs) I have no qualms, I have no worries. I just get to chill on a leaf. Thank you, kind (laughs) witch. You've solved all my problems. This is wonderful. You could tell those fairy tales weren't written in a modern era where you have to worry about way too much. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, I've got another list for you. Uh, things we don't actually need to save. Okay. Okay. Daylight. Yes. Private Ryan. <laughs> Her. She don't want to be saved. Old iPhone boxes, but you saved them anyway. Yeah. Or any phone boxes. Yep. Yeah. I've got two in the drawer. <laughs> Shopping bags break the generational curse. Cupboard full. And finally, the last dance. Where'd that even get? Her? <laughs> I forgot all about that film. Fucking Julia Stahl's <laughs> finest. Why do I remember <laughs> the actress in it? I do not know. Because you're a massive fan, Jamie, and you shouldn't be embarrassed by it. Why do you think I went to see that in the cinema? Either? I think I did. So... I don't remember it at all, but there we are. <laughs> Save the last... Wow, that's just an opened a weird 90s memory of a film I forgot all about. Save the last dance. <laughs> Where did it go? I, I can't remember. I, I never seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> Jamie, I absolutely agree with this. The person who invented autocorrect should burn in hello. I agree with this because, well, I'm a bit on the fence on this one because sometimes they have saved my ass and in other terms, they've made me look like a twat. So, yes, I agree. (laughs) Just get someone else to look after it because this guy's an idiot. I am going to give you a couple more. Please do not join in with me. Okay. Okay, on this next one. Okay. So, this is how much I love to shit on your city. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Birmingham be like... To the left, take a detour, y'all. Road closed this time. Right lane's too closed. Left lane's too closed. Freeze! Everybody traffic jam. (laughs) That is the most truthful statement I've ever heard in my fucking life at the minute. My God, it is so annoying. Every road is closed. There's roadworks everywhere. I got that off your mum as I was like, I hope he hasn't seen this. (laughs) (laughs) You're getting posted off my mum. That's amazing. 
It's the only one I've ever taken. I was like, it's, I'll be having that. I I didn't see it, but it's so damn true. Yeah. Oh, it's fucking it's so annoying. Every journey you got to add at least another 10, 15 minutes to because they're everywhere. Well, I'm so happy I don't live in Birmingham. Um, or England, for that matter. <laughs> anyway, and finally, I think this is going in as one of my favourite journey entries of the year. It turns out, Jay, if you go caroling, it has to be Christmas songs because your neighbours will call the cops if you sing Free Can Unleashed by Corn. <laughs> I love that concept. I love that idea that someone's gone. I push my fingers into my <laughs> eye. <laughs> Wait, what? It's Christmas. What's wrong with you? <laughs> it's a freak on a leash just because of that one part makes it even funnier. Oh, I was like, <laughs> um, what the fuck is wrong with this child? <laughs> and can I have some money for that performance, please? There we go. <laughs> yeah, guess the cross out. Like. <laughs> praise me to Gambon. Praise you, praise you. <laughs> and that was another edition. Of Tom's journal. Why do you keep bringing Michael Gamble into this this week? <laughs> because the Gamble thing just made me think of it. And I said, because I was rolling, rolling with punches, <laughs> and then it just came into my head. And when I, said, when I remembered the crossing, because you're seeing a slipknot or a corner somebody, that I thought of praise you, praise, and it just came into my head. So, there you are. Still can't do them. Especially, man. Then you don't want to be doing it. <laughs> I find that because you get older, they get harder. I don't know if it's because there's more of you now, whereas when you're a kid, there's less of you. Oh, maybe. To, to people who aren't from Birmingham, we're about forward rolls. To us, they're a gamble. So everyone else, it's a forward roll. Can't do anyway. It's about getting into schools and talking to young people because, you know, I, I know that people can change. Uh, and, it, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever. And we just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely. Hey there guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. The times are changing and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as possible. So thank you very much. To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com. Mr. Stevens. Too fucking early, mate. Too early. Oh, I agree. Still in November. I agree. Fucking hell, fire. Jimmy. Jimmy, 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 Jamie. Jimmy, 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 Jamie. Jimmy, 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 Jamie. Jimmy, 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 Jamie. Jimmy, Jimmy, me, J, me, J, me. 
That might be my favourite one you've ever done. Partially <laughs> because you made me jump when you first started it. It had to have the impact. It had to have the impact this week. <laughs> it's audience participation time. <laughs> participate, bitch. Parties. A participate, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's Participation Challenge. This week, I said, it's approaching the most wonderful time of year. Approaching. Which means it's time to ask the divisive question. This week, we're asking, when do you put up your Christmas tree? Or when do you think is the right time to? Is it up already? Do you have certain traditions around it? Whatever it may be, let us know. What say you, Mr. Stevens? Uh, mine would be never, yeah. uh, if I can help it. But Karis is really trying to get it up now, and I'm just like, no. Um, I would if I had if I had to put it up, it would go up Christmas Eve night and come down Boxing Day morning if it really had to. But I, I don't know if it's me. I don't know if I'm just wired this way. Decorating the house for a week or two makes no sense to me. I don't get it. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, you're obviously not in a spirit. Like, no, I just don't see the point in putting things up that you just have to take down again. What's the point in that? I'm wasting money on it. I don't get it. Exactly. I don't know this is the way I'm wired. I'm not a Scrooge. I just don't see the point. But Karis is the complete opposite. It's like, let's go down my favourite aisle. I'm like, have we not? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's just me, though. I don't mind the tree. The tree's fine. It's part of Christmas Day. You have the presents under the tree. I'm fine with the tree. It's all the other bullshit around the house that does my life. And people that decorate the outside of their houses so you could see the on fucking planets. Why? You can't I see mean, that. It's outside. If, Your house, if they what? go all out, if they go all out, I really make it like, do you know how it like works to music and stuff? That's fucking cool. And that's that's fine. But yeah, I, I just don't see the point. But no. you said trees, though, not and uh, other decorations. No, no, I'm and just I go with everything. So I'm just making a point, though. But yeah, I no, but yeah. Anyway, personally, I I I I say the start of December, I guess. Like I said, I love the idea of someone on Mars being like Sheila. Fucking hell, he's got Christmas lights on already. <laughs> Probably good. Have you seen State of UK? Fucking look at it. It's like a fucking bauble. It's on. Look at State of that. It's like the whole of UK is lighting up. America's the same, fuck it, but Russia, there's nothing. It's cold and dark. <laughs> You're fine, though, weirdly. All these houses that have all these fucking lights outside the house, I never see people putting them up. That's a good point, actually. You see them up and you see them on. I never see people putting them up. Never gone past anyone's house as they're putting them up. They just I love appear. the idea of it. It's like Mission Impossible. Din, 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 din. Like, and when people appear, they hide behind their, their like walls or fence or something. Like, it's now I've noticed this years ago, and it's now got to the point around this time of year. I start looking out for it when we're on journeys. I'm like, I'm going to catch a bastard doing it because I've never seen it. Maybe one day. Anyway, let's get some audience answers. First off, we have our friend Ben Garbutt from Absolute Bedlam Podcast. He said the 6th of December. 
I was like, that's a really random date. He said, yeah, it just came to me in a dream. Fair enough, Ben. Okay, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> Mackenzie Cal says, the first weekend in and around December. Yeah, okay, we'll go with that. Start of December. Um, our friends at Dead Happy got involved. You can only imagine. It's Dead Happy. When I see a crow call four times under a full moon, or usually around the start of December... I cannot fucking wait to see these guys. Oh, so good. They are wonderful. <laughs> Owen Edmonds is a guy with us. He says, I think the 24th of December is a good day to put it up. Yeah, I'm with you. Tiffany Barrow, this is interesting. My daughter has a birthday around Christmas. So my daughter has a birthday tree. So we'll put it up. That We're going to put it up at the same weekend. So she has a Christmas tree and a birthday tree to put her birthday presents under. Fair enough, if you're that dedicated. I mean, I suppose the kids love it, but Jesus Christ, how could you be asked? Yeah, I, I guess it's just me, you lazy fuck. <laughs> Not just you, because Nicola Babenza says, never. Never goes up. Nope, not yes. for me. Nope. And then we've got former guest Molly Rennick or Molly Hanin, who says, I do mine November 1st. I need some serotonin for that seasonal depression and a pretty little tree just does the trick. Fair. Fair play. There's a lot more people with them up already than I was expecting, to be honest. Melissa Daly says, my tree goes up the 1st of December and comes down on Boxing Day. Growing up, my mum was traditional superstitious and used to put it up, put up the tree 12 days before and take it down 12 days after. Back in 2002, my nan passed away the, the day the tree should have come down. So obviously my mum didn't take the tree down until days later. When she did, the tree poked her in the eye and she had to go to the eye hospital. So she swore she didn't care who died on the 6th of January. The tree's coming down. It's never staying up <laughs> as the 6th of January. <laughs> I feel bad for laughing at that, but yeah, fair play. I don't blame her. Stick to your superstitions. <laughs> Uh, Ed Herbert, November 2nd, I put the fucking lot on. Some people are very pa- passionate. Yeah. I'm very passionate. Feel jolly. We usually do ours around a week before Christmas, and then it's all away by the 2nd of January. Okay, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you're not overboard. <laughs> Matt Rose, nothing before December, and then as late as possible, please. Just as late as possible. You can tell some people just do it for other people. Because they don't yeah. want to do it themselves. So many yeah. people like that. Victoria Newell, like this one. We put up ours on December 1st. I would love to put it up earlier, but we have a Scrooge in our household. We call him Dad. Fair. Fair. <laughs> uh, Becky Westwood says, as soon as my husband goes in the loft and gets the stuff out, the sooner the better. It's, it's going to be December soon, so I'm going to start nagging. You'll be waiting as long as fucking possible. How do you? I've got a bad neck. I ain't lifting Christmas shit out of the loft. Anyway. Um, <laughs> Amy Macy says, not before December. We usually put ours up fairly early in December, though, to maximise the enjoyment. No real traditions, just presents under the tree. Here's another question which I've never understood as well. Especially if you've got small kids in the house. Why do people put presents under the tree? Aren't we supposed to have the illusion of Santa puts the presents under the tree? Never understood that one. Never understood that one. Paris Mansfield gets involved. She says, now, 
She wants she wants them up now. Nope. She would also <laughs> be waiting. I've told her the more she goes on about it, the later it gets. That's exactly what the point I'm saying. she keeps going on, it won't go up at all. So <laughs> If you want to bark orders at me, you'll just have to wait longer, won't you? That's why she done it this way. She got me to bark the orders, hoping it would be different. Well, it's longer now, isn't it? So, <laughs> Martin Skerritt, get that tree erected immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Former guest Jasper Barrett. Maybe looking around 11pm on Christmas Eve until <laughs> Boxing Day when it can go into the garden and be burnt along with my Christmas spirit. <laughs> yes, Jasper. <laughs> Couple more for you. Steve Kenny says, we're very traditional in our house 12 days before and take it down 12 days after. That, that does seem to be the tradition. I've, I've never done that. Mine's always been... Have we got time? Can I be asked? What shift am I working? That's generally how mine's work on. And last but not least, Kirsty Booze. Booze. However you pronounce it. Depends on when anyone can be asked going to the loft to get the stuff. I don't know how anyone is so organised. It could be the beginning of December or two days before Christmas. There's no saying. And that's the vibe we grew up with. That. <laughs> that. Is exactly how Christmas should be done. Whenever the fuck we can be asked. <laughs> absolutely phenomenal. I love it. I love it. Thank you to absolutely everybody once again who participated in Jamie's participation challenge. It's massively appreciated uh, for everyone that gets involved on the weekly uh, or if you get involved every now and again, it's still massively appreciated. So thank you so much. If you enjoy Jamie's participation challenge, Tom's Journal, Callum's Treachings, the absolute fucking who knows what it is, and the interview at the beginning, then you'll enjoy the other 109 editions of Chronicles of Podcasts wherever you get your podcasts from. It'll be Spotify, Google, Apple, Good Pods, uh, Heart Radio, Radio One, I don't know, wherever wherever we are, we're everywhere. So any any podcast website, you'll find us on there, the Chronicles of Podcasts, at TCO Pod. You can also come over to YouTube. Please come over to YouTube. Search for The Chronicles of Podcast at TCO Pod. Uh, subscribe. Hit that subscribe button. It would mean everything to us. We'd really appreciate it. We are three away from 300. And I, in concept of YouTube, I know that's not a massive number, but to us, that's huge. And it would be massively appreciated. So please hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell to get notified when new videos are released. And comment to your heart's content. What you can find on YouTube is pretty much everything. So all of our shows are on there. All of our interviews are on there. All of our hashtag WBW Way Back Wednesdays, which are all of our previous interviews from our previous channel, all on there as well. Our Bloodstock interviews from 2022 and 2023, all available for you, along with the Bloodstock Sophie Lancaster vlogs from 2022 and 2023 on there for you to enjoy as well. The Dublin Crust vlog is on there. A massive happy 40th birthday to former guest Baz Black, uh, who obviously uh, who has been making waves, making waves with that first four weeks of Dublin Crust. You need to see it. It's in the UK soon. You need to see this movie. It's unbelievable. We have our 2023 2000 Trees interviews as well. All there for you to enjoy. Have I missed anything, Jay, off YouTube? I don't think I have, have I? Not for you. Come on, my friend. No. Excellent. Perfect. Uh, obviously, with our festivals to come next year, we're very excited once again to be back out on the road. Come and see us next Wednesday, 22nd, uh, at Subside of Birmingham. Free entry. It's going to be great from 5pm. It's going to be unbelievable. You can also find us on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Uh, make sure you come and like the page, share it with everyone, put memes, gifts, say hello, whatever you want to do. That's where you can find us on there. 
because I've been waffling, I've just totally forgotten, Jamie. Um, where else could you find us? You can find us streaming, no windows, no doors, off the brand new MC Lars and Shay for the Dark Lord EP. Out right now. Awesome. Or on our Twitter, slash X, at TCO Pod. And whilst you're streaming No Windows, No Doors by MC Lars and Schaefer, the Dark Lord on Spotify right now, uh, and on our Twitter, slash X, um, where else could you find us? Just getting on with it. Just come on, just crack on, you stupid events manager. <laughs> that took me a second. <laughs> of course. Or on our Instagram. At TCO Pod. We are on LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please connect us on there. We are on TikTok at TCO Pod, the Chronicles of Podcast. Come and follow us on there. You can also come down to our brand spankly, sexy, shiny little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. We can find out all about us on there. All of our shows and episodes are on there. All our affiliations and sponsors are on there. And our sexy little shop where you get yourself a t shirt or a hoodie. Absolutely spectacular. So let's just recap there quickly. YouTube, subscribe to us at the Chronicles of Podcast or come and follow us on all social media at TCO Pod to keep up to date with all the latest news and interviews. And now over to my co-host, Jamie. Before we get out of here, let's say a massive thank you to a few of our friends. Every single piece of music that you hear on this show is brought to you by one man. That one very singular man is Mr. Singer-Songwriter Extraordinaire Matt Roberts. Go follow him on all the social medias at Matt Roberts Music. Go check him out on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your music from. Go check out his incredible back catalogue, his latest single, Rat Race. Our theme song, Once in a Lifetime, he's got some incredible music on there. Just go enjoy it all. Let it just sink it all in. It's absolutely incredible. We cannot wait for Matt to release more music for you to enjoy. But again, a massive thank you to Matt for giving us your beautiful music, sir. And of course, we have to say a massive thank you to Mr. Braden Murray and his Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. Take a look on there and see what you like the look of. It could be that T-shirt that Mr. Stevens is wearing. It could be that cap that Mr. Stevens is wearing. It could be that hoodie that I was wearing last week. It could be whatever you like the look of. Have a look on there. Hoodies, trousers, T-shirts. Some all beautiful forms of garments for you to enjoy. You can also pick up a vinyl copy of Braden's most recent album, Beneath the Roses, whatever it may be. Add it to your checkout and enter that discount code, The Chronicles, and get yourself 10% off your order. And of course, oh, 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 we've got a hand up. And also, on the release of this episode, we want to wish Braden a massive happy 29th birthday for tomorrow. Um, his birthday is on Saturday. Uh, it's one of massive wish a massive happy birthday from us here at the Chronicles of Podcast, friend of the show. We love you fucking dearly and thank you for everything that you've done for us. Absolutely. And if you want to say a big happy birthday to Mr. Barry, make sure not only are you supporting him with his stay cozy clothing, make sure he's supporting Say We Can Fly, his wonderful musical endeavors. Go make out your supporting Farlight. We cannot wait to see this movie. It looks absolutely phenomenal. So make sure you're checking that out and see how you can help support that project. And last but not least, we have to say a massive thank you to the Sophie Lancaster Foundation. They are stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. And I mean everywhere. The best way you can support us in the upcoming week is coming to Birmingham next Wednesday. Subside. November 22nd, 5pm, we'll be there 
four incredible bands will be there. Second Cities, Tooth and Dagger, Dead Happy, Recall the Remains. Let's raise as much awareness, raise as much money, and make as much noise as we can for Sophie and Sylvia. It would mean the absolute world for you to join us. If you cannot, we'll post links to our Just Giving page all over the social medias. If you cannot be there, please just share the event. If you know people in the Birmingham area, let them know because it's going to be an absolutely incredible event. A massive thank you to everyone that has checked out our Bloodstock vlog from this year. The feedback we have had has been absolutely phenomenal. It means the absolute world to us. But as I say every week, if you know people who might not possibly be aware of Sophie's story, head on over to sophielancasterfoundation.com, share that out there and get people familiar with that story because that mission and that aim will never change and last and not least a massive thank you to my wonderful co-host thank you very much right appreciate you massively as always while you slowly and quietly die uh please don't if that's okay i'd really appreciate if you didn't i'd rather you be here for you know the future so we can create more episodes and more editions for people to enjoy the facts i got for that about coughing my guts up i was quite impressed there we are yeah good work good work <laughs> so yes please do come and see us next wednesday at subside 5 p.m from 5 p.m in Birmingham, it's free entry. It'd be great to have you there. Come and enjoy the the uh, the traditional yearly show with us. It'd be great to see your gorgeous faces. Put it that way. But see, yes. a massive, massive thank you to MC Lars and Schaefer the Dark Lord. Uh, happy birthday, Schaefer, as well for today. Um, it's another big oh, birthday. Really All the birthdays going on. I know. <laughs> Baz today, Schaefer today, TikTok Jesus today. It's absolutely nuts. So big, big happy birthday to all three of you. Schaefer at Lars, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was so great to talk to you. We had so much fun. And we uh, wish you all the best with your with your uh, album when it comes out at the start of next year. And Jamie, another absolutely wonderful edition, my friend. Another wonderful edition indeed. Very much enjoyed. It's great. We love doing these. Um, but you're in for an absolute treat, guys. Uh, because as for this week, we will see you all next week for the Chronicles of Lash LaRue. Oh, it's a special one, boys and girls. Goodbye, everybody. Bye!